0: When our Ben was about 12 years old, he came home from school one day almost incandescent with rage over his RS homework, because the teacher had said to them, right. one of these homework things the teachers sort of pull out of their bag when they can't think of anything else because they obviously don't like children, they want to give them something to do even though it's not of any great purpose. Your homework tonight, he said to them, is to go home and draw a picture of God and Ben being a son of the man was indignant because of course in his eyes you couldn't draw a picture of God so we had to write a note in his homework diary we made him write a paragraph in his exercise book saying why he wasn't drawing a picture of God and sent him in next morning with a sense of trepidation because the IRS teacher was a bit of a brute and he wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, he was pleased to note that the, the Muslim lad in the class had also refused to do the homework and got there and handed it in and waited for the explosion but of course it didn't come because the teacher didn't really have any ground to stand on because how do you draw the impossible? You know, you, you are in danger of a, a white-haired old man sitting in a cloud which does God know justice at all um, And in a sense that picture speaks the way in which to try and find even words that depict something of God has their limitations. Even if Tim Crossley wants to use words like ineffable, that he needs to look up what it means when he gets home, it still may not give the full picture of what we have come to understand. Certainly not the full picture of who God is. And so, in a way, whenever we begin to talk about these great theological subjects, we are inevitably placing ourselves in a difficult position because it's complicated. It's not easy. Which brings that passage from Ephesians. Now, I always feel sorry for people who get passages like that, which Megan read very well, Uh, but it's a difficult passage, but it's even more complicated if you look at it in Greek. Because in Greek, all that Megan read is just one sentence. It's a huge piece of text. And that fact it's in one sentence suggests that Paul, the writer, is trying to convey something really complicated with lots of clauses and subclauses, and all manner of linguistic devices to try and explain and explore what it is that he wants the Ephesian church to try and get hold of. It's a sort of passage that rather than a few moments on a Sunday morning, you need to go home and sit and spend some time with to try and unravel exactly what it is That Paul is saying to us what the significance of these words are so when we come in a sense to try and picture God understand God we recognize that we are setting ourselves a challenge when I was at college training for ministry, one of the, the high points of the year was when people found out where they were going um, and went off for their first visit. And I remember the people in the, the year above going off to, to look and this one particular lady coming back um, and at the, for those of us who lived in, this is my first year, um, there was sort a of 10 o'clock gathering for tea and coffee and things where we discussed what happened in the day and this lady was quite exercised because she'd been to look at her first appointment, which she was quite happy with, but she was frustrated by the fact that she only had five Sunday holidays, Sundays holiday in the year. That's what Methodist means to get five Sundays off, and the fact that that meant she only had three. And we looked at her a bit confused, and she replied, well, I'm not going to do Remembrance Sunday. I can't remember why she wouldn't do it, but she wouldn't do that. And I'm not going to do Trinity Sunday. Therefore, I've only got three Sundays, really, that are holiday. The other two are, I've got to take. And I suppose the reason why she didn't want to do Trinity Sunday is because we're dealing in that which is complicated. When we talk of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one and one in three, this essential relationship, we are creating the beginnings of a picture that it's quite difficult to get our heads around. You may have seen people at the front here and other places, talking or or demonstrating uh, steam, water and ice, which are all the same thing but in different forms, people talking about being a father, a son and a husband, same person but different things, in an attempt to try and explain how our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, is necessarily related. And all these images, in a way, Don't present a clear, concise picture, but in a sense, present us something that we can begin to work with in the hope of understanding. When we talk about God's nature, we are, in a way, delivering some profound statements that we need to pause and think about. What it means to believe in a trinity, and how, in a sense, that works. For we know that when we pray, we pray to the Father, through Jesus, in the power of the Spirit. It's there in our understanding of how we do things in the life of the church. It's there in many of the hymns and songs that we sing. But if we try and sit down and explore and explain what it means, then we give ourselves a real significant challenge. But I would argue, it's really important that we ask ourselves these difficult questions. That we try to explore what it is to believe in in the one who is creator, redeemer, and sustainer. So we need to understand. Uh, Our Ben uh, has set me a new challenge. And he went on holiday and uh, in the summer uh, by himself with a friend and came back with a present for me, which, which is here, which is a cookery book. Which is a, it's a really good idea, this cookery book, because Ben is vegetarian and each recipe comes in two forms, one for vegetarians and one for meat and fish eaters. So you start with a basic thing and then it branches out at the end so you can produce something that Ben can eat and then something that Louise and I can eat. Um, there's just one slight problem with it. It's in Flemish. Now, my Flemish isn't too good. So I said to him, why have you bought me a book in Flemish, Ben? What what am I going to do with this? And his answer was really quite straightforward. Daddy said, Flemish, which is a derivative of Dutch, is sort of between English and German. So with your English and your German, he said, you should be able to use this. And I suppose the challenge is the day when I stop finding excuses to not do it and pick the book up and try and work out what on earth it is saying to me. Life is about trying to understand, trying to make sense of what's going on around us. And when we talk about God, it strikes me that the key word that somebody mentioned that's written on here is this word love, because at the heart of our understanding of God is the fact that there is this relationship of love between Father, Son and Holy Spirit it's seen in the reality the way that Jesus talked about his Father in heaven it's seen in the promises made in the Old Testament about what was going to come in terms of the Messiah it's seen in the promise of the Holy Spirit, it's the great theme that runs throughout the whole of Scripture and seemingly, to my mind, our understanding of God is tied up with this. So that Ephesians, in its way, if we want to use some long words like ineffable, talks about how God is transcendent, he's up there, if you like, and how he is imminent, he is in here, and creates these images that we can use long words like omnipresent and omniscience and omnipotence and all these things to try and talk about God, And they're there to try and help our understanding, to enable us to catch something of the remarkable nature of the God whom we worship, to remind ourselves in a way that we are on a lifelong journey. And who we were 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago is very different to who we are now. And hopefully as we have grown, as we have matured, as we have been involved in the life of the church, our picture of God evolves. Our understanding is enhanced. We can, in a way, speak in a language that we might not have done 10, 20 years ago because of the journey that we have been on. And as we said last week, there is huge importance in us sharing something of where we are, what we understand, how we make sense of the reality that we are called to believe in. And it strikes me that when we talk about God, we have to talk about love. Love that's there in creation. Love that's there in the message of redemption that Jesus offers the world. Love that's there in the continuing work of the Holy Spirit. And invite ourselves to reflect. To go deeper. When I was teaching, in lower down the school, we taught about the Tudors. And you do it at a level for sort of 12 year olds that can understand. Then, when you come back to it at A level, at 17, 18, you deal with it in a different way because the youngsters' minds have progressed and developed and they can cope with far more than you could throw at them as a 12 year old. As we journey on in faith, we are inviting ourselves to reflect, to grow, to deepen our understanding to receive insights of our God, who is a trinity of love. I suspect if we sat here longer, we could have come with a whole host of words that we could have put on here. We didn't even get as far as God being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is a lot more that we could put on there. But I suppose the invitation to us as we progress along our journey is to find time to ask ourselves what it means to worship our God who is our creator. When we look out into the splendour that is around us, Do we recognize God's hand? When we look at the marvel of creation, do we use that as an incentive to praise? When we talk about Jesus and the good news of forgiveness, the relationship he invites us into, when we talk about this radical, exciting lifestyle that he invited his followers to embrace. Where are we on that journey? How are we progressing to where we are called to be? And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, are we still, in a way, holding this at arm's length, frightened of what it might do to us, rather than seeing it an essential part of the way that God is active in our world today, and that when, in a sense, we sense God, when our hearts are lifted, when love floods into us, that is where the Spirit is at work. My challenge for this week is for you to find someone to talk to and talk about how you understand God. How we make sense of what we have received and what that means in the midst of everyday life to say that we believe in a God who is father son And Holy Spirit. Because it strikes me that we are called to be God focused, and the more, in a way, we give ourselves time to ponder the reality of God, the more we will be enabled on the journey. When we think of the things like Psalm 8, where there is this glorious picture the splendor of creation and it includes the thought and what is man, what is humanity, that you are mindful of them. The God who is defined by a relationship of love, Father, Son and Holy Spirit is the God who in love invites us to be part of that relationship. and therefore able to take that touch of love out into the world and invite people to see something different to see something beautiful the Bible doesn't say this is the Trinity the church came up with it a little while later based a lot on that passage that we read, that is in a sense the foundation document for our Trinitarian faith. It took them a while to get where they wanted to get, to create a, a statement that could begin conversations rather than say things too dogmatically. If we believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what does that mean? What does it mean as we try and unravel it in our minds? What does it mean as we live out our lives? What does it mean as we consider our mission in this world? This passage from Ephesians is one to take home and sit with and ponder. And allow its wisdom to pose questions to us, to offer us hope. And to remind us that our God is a God of love. That's the key important thing. And the invitation is to be part of his community of love. In the hope that we can grow in our knowledge of him. And grow in our ability to reach out and touch the world. Amen.